Welcome to Ignite Visibility University Interview Edition, where we learn from the top marketers in the world, what drives them, their mistakes, their wins, and secrets to success. This podcast is brought to you by Ignite Visibility, one of the top digital marketing agencies in the nation. All right, everybody, welcome to another Ignite Visibility University podcast. Today, I have Dixon Jones on the line. I'm really excited to have him here. He's a respected, award-winning member of the internet marketing community with 20 years of experience in search marketing and uh, 25 years of business innovation experience. And he's been connected to some really big projects, one being Majestic, which is you know one of the, the cooler linking databases out there. Uh, you know, he's got an MBA in strategic management, really smart guy, and very, very happy to have him on the line today. Um, so, Dixon, how are you doing today? Hey, John, I'm doing well, and thank you very much for the uh, the kind introduction. That's great. And uh, we were just chatting a little bit before jumping on. Where are you in the world today? You're, you're uh, over over the pond, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm actually at a, um, a little incubator in a place called Cranfield University, which is a, it's a fairly well-respected university. And uh, I kind of, it's the nearest university to my house. So I've got myself a, a little hot desk here so I can get out of the house. And the, otherwise a dog kind of shouts at me and, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, that, that, that nice calm day doesn't seem to work that way. So uh, I, I, I don't go up to the majestic offices too much anymore. So uh, it's, it's just, you know, nice to have a base that's not the house. <laughs> Makes sense. So for everybody on the podcast, tell us like just a little bit about um, your entrepreneurial journey. Like where did you start? Where are you today? I know Majestic's part of that. And then you also have some new things going on with uh, inlinks.net, but just a little bit of background. How'd you get started and what, so, what's been the journey looking like? Yeah, it's, that's quite a long journey. So I, I came out of university in 1988, 89. Um, and, uh, and there was, you know, it was Thatcher's Britain and there wasn't an awful lot of jobs to be had. It was a little bit of the, um, so I, I actually was president of my year and then uh, and then set up a business which was actually writing and running murder mystery evenings for a living so kind of a bit off the beaten track but that all comes round to um when the internet came along I, I built a website and uh and found that people from ohio were coming to my website and i couldn't get actors to ohio so uh so that's how i learned about search engine optimization i i, I put up a sort of a downloadable version of the website and uh, of, of the games that i was was running uh, and that's how i learned about seo and, uh, and so then in 1999, something like that, 98, 99, uh, I, I kind of set up a, a consultancy that was, uh, that was doing um, internet, well, search engine optimization. I called it consultancy. Nowadays, people call them agencies, but uh, I didn't know what an agency was then, really. <laughs> um, and uh, my first ever client, I think, was uh one of the uh, sort of a subsidiary of Mohammed al fayad who who used to run um Harrods in the u k um and uh, it kind of kind of went from there. I sold that agency uh some years back, but you know about ten years ago i I started getting involved with majestic um and that was kind of one guy in his bedroom really when i when I met alex who's the uh, the founder there and together we've built it up with uh, with Steve Pitchford who was uh, also there uh, into a reasonably big bit of business um, and uh, and that's turned into something that kind of changed uh, changed my life i'd say um, and it's been very successful yeah how many people work at majestic now well, I'm not actually allowed to talk about that, not least because I've not been there since January. So, um, so uh, it's 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 not as many as you might think, um, but it, 
it's amazing how many computers there are. There are truckloads of computers, <laughs> and, and, and literally they, they, they sit on the desks, on the floors of the offices, and they're quite big offices, you know, but they're, they're making computers that arrive on trucks to put them in data centers. So, you know, <laughs> and an awful lot of computers, um, and, a, and, a, and um, I'd say no longer a small company, but it's certainly not like some of the, uh, the US companies that seem to go, you know, to hundreds of people straight out of the box. We're much more about the computers than we are about the, uh, the individuals. Excellent. Well, yeah, Majestic, um, one of my favorite link uh, analysis tools and, um, you know, the biggest link database um, out there online. I've, I've seen that uh, touted a, a couple of times. Um, and, and so tell me a little bit about inlinks.net. That's something you're working on a bit now. Yeah, that so that's actually, you know, that's actually in closed beta at the moment, or if you try really hard, you can get onto it. But, uh, but so what we, one of the things that Majet, okay, how do I say it? So, so uh, a few things have been colliding really. I mean, I pulled back from Majestic really 18 months or so ago, and uh, I needed to get some space. Uh, the guys were, you know, moving in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a way that, you know, was, was great, but I, it was probably best if I kind of start again, because I'm really good at, you know, getting something off the ground. I'm, you know, I'm not so good at the politics of larger organizations. So I kind of like pulled back a little bit and I'm still, you know, there, I'm, you know, the, the global ambassador for Majestic, but they were sort of um, working on some new stuff and I wanted to work on some new stuff. And the thing that um, Inlinks does is I, I, I've, I've, went in with a, a French SEO expert and he um, has really started to understand uh, semantic SEO, so entity-based search, which is uh, really interesting. So, you know, instead of, it's really all based around the knowledge graph and the, uh, the one boxes that you see on the side of Google and everything, which, um, which is pretty interesting, but, but Google's got some pretty good APIs behind that um, and, uh, and some, uh, a huge amount of theory behind it. So what we started to do was to look at the content on web pages, not based around keywords, but about uh, around what Google is saying the, the content on the page is about. And I'm not saying the whole page, I'm saying about every little sentence and section of the web page. Uh, and, uh, and Google brings out some information about what those, uh, those pages are about. So what we've done is built a tool that will go and analyze all the pages on any given website or the top pages on any given website, um, find out what all the little minute entities are that, are that are being talked about within that content, then try and help you associate landing pages with those topics. And then it will automate the internal linking so that every time you mention, let's say, you know, uh, Cranfield University, then it links to the university's page. Or, you know, if it talks about, um, you know, puppy dogs, it'll link to the, uh, to the breeding page and, and that kind of thing. So it'll takes all the entities um, that are all over the content of the website and, you know, links those up so that Google can pretty well understand which page is supposed to be about which entity. And it goes away from, you know, the idea of strings and keywords to things. Uh, and it's, you know, it's working pretty well. So far, it seems to be pretty working pretty well. So let me see if I understand this correctly. Is this an internal linking tool that I would use and install on my own website? Yeah, it is. So you do have to put a, a line of JavaScript on the, on the site because, you know, the great thing now is that Google has got so good about uh, with, with the JavaScript stuff that we can actually start building tools that, that you know, Google can, can eat up and, uh, and work. And it saves a lot of, a lot of that 
battling between the SEO agency and the developers, you know, one line of code, mm-hmm. which you put in with Tag Manager, basically. Uh, and it'll, it'll add internal links onto your website. Um, it'll also add schema onto your website. It'll also analyze web pages and, and, and look at the content from a perspective of uh, SEO perspective and, and say, right, okay, well, the other pages that are ranking with this kind of, uh, this, this kind of, phrase or idea um, are using these ideas and talking about these ideas which are semantically very close to the ones that you're talking about so you know it sort of builds out content as well but there's no external linking um, involved mm-hmm. in this at all it's just links within your own web presence website uh, we, we didn't want to kind of go off on the uh, you're accused of selling selling links or anything <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so this is cool. And I remember back when I was a director at this other company, part, part of our program was installing a WordPress plugin. And what the WordPress plugin would allow you to do is it would allow you to say a certain anchor text. And, and, and so that's the HTML within a link for anybody who doesn't know. And then it would allow you to, um, say a certain URL and then it would crawl the website and find any time that that was mentioned, um, and internally link it. I haven't used that, that plugin for a long time. This sounds like a much cooler version of that in that yeah. it's looking at more of like an entity and more of an automation. Is that correct? Yeah, because that, that plugin and that idea was, was brilliant in its time. It was an excellent idea in its time. But, uh, but as Panda came out and, uh, well, I, I think it was Panda, but, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, uh, Penguin, I think. started yeah. to Penguin and then they started to really penalize the, uh, the, the anchor text, you know, heavy use of anchor text around specific keywords. Mm-hmm. That became a little bit of a problem, um, and uh, uh, because because the site was fairly obviously, you know, internally linking around you know very specific keywords, um, but the idea of linking ideas together is uh, is is really where they want the knowledge graph idea to go. So you know they want the user to be able to easily flow around between ideas. And if you look at Wikipedia, for example, uh, I was analyzing a, a, a particular Wikipedia page today for, for PubCon, actually, uh, from a presentation. And um, it's, a, it's a page with a huge amount of content on it, but it's got something like 700 links on the web page. And, it, mm-hmm. and it, ranks for the, it ranks for the big word, as you might imagine, it being Wikipedia. But it's, you know, that internal linking is so heavily done on Wikipedia um, uh, that, uh, that it's really helping Google to, to, uh, understand the flow of ideas on Wikipedia. Uh, and obviously, you know, Google treats Wikipedia as a trusted data set anyway, but, uh, even without that, the amount of structure in those internal links, um, really does give, um, Google a lot of power, uh, sorry, Wikipedia, a lot of power. So I think the, in- the internal linking is really important, but the anchor text is so much less important than it, than it was before. It's linking ideas together rather than linking keywords together. But yes, you're right. Think, you know. yeah. yeah. I just, I think a lot of people ignore the power and the importance of internal linking when it comes to SEO in general. I agree. Um, I, I, honestly, I agree. Yeah. I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that people have, have, got very, very lazy. Uh, and it's especially if you've got multiple writers on a, yep. on a blog, uh, blog post or, or a site, then the, the writer will write their content. They've got no particular interest in seeing what other content is already there that they should be linking to within the, within the same website. Um, so they don't have this, you know, this urge to do that. And that there's certainly no, you know, level of understanding that if they did connect all those dots, then, you know, then everybody would win. Um, 
and and also it's a very hard thing to do you can't just go through with every phrase and then look up you could do a site search i suppose for every single phrase on your on your content and try and find other other local um local versions or urls that discuss them but you'd still then potentially link uh, ideas multiple authors would link ideas to multiple pages and and it still wouldn't be clear which is supposed to be the page for Google about any particular entity or idea. So automating that, um, or at least semi-automating that, I think is, is going to be really, really powerful. We hope so anyway. I love that idea. That's great. I can't wait to try it. Make sure to, uh, you know, get me uh, in anything I can to, to give it a shot on. I'll, I'll give you the super secret, super secret beta link, John, but don't tell anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I won't tell anybody except for all the people who are listening to this podcast. Oh, I um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, and one, one quick thing, and this is a little bit different, and then I want to move on to a couple more questions I have for you about linking. Just, just a, a tip for everybody who's listening here today. One of the things I love to do, I love to um, just sort a website by the landing pages that have the most external links pointing at them, and then go back through and then put in hyperlinks, internal links to the most important pages with some, some variation of anchor text that will help them rank better. So what are the pages with the most links, the most clout, making sure you've got good internal links on that. But, but doing this type of thing at mass scale, um, I, I just love that idea. So, so Dixon, let me, let me ask you a question. So linking, um, it's this big, it's this big topic and it's something that you probably know more about than maybe anybody out there or, or most people in, in the world, that's for sure. So let's talk a little bit about just like linking in general. So, so when you look at links and for SEO, like what makes a good link, what makes a bad link, just, just generally for our listeners here who aren't, you know, super savvy in search. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I think and I'll start with what makes a bad link, uh, because, uh, I mean, there are a lot of things that, 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 that make a bad link. Um, and uh, the really worst ones are buying a link that Google can figure out you bought the link. That's pretty, that's pretty bad. Although on the plus side, Google will give you a nice big message in your Google webmaster tools that you've, uh, or Google search console or whatever it's called these days to, to, that you've uh, now got penalized. So, you know, if you could, if you get caught buying links, then uh, Google, Google doesn't like that. Um, but uh, I think that the, the other things about bad links are um, it's not so much that they're all bad links. It's that Google, um, can pretty much discount them, the vast majority of links uh, from other web. I'm talking about links from other websites to, to, your, to your web pages now, rather than internal links within your web page. Um, and most people think, hey, oh, I've got a link from, I don't know, Forbes or, or, or you know, uh, or Reddit, um, and that's going to be great because Reddit's a really important site and there's loads and loads of stuff out there. But really, it's just somebody going up and putting up user-generated content onto, onto a website and anybody can do it. Um, and Google figures that out pretty, pretty quickly. So, you know, user-generated content, it's not that they're bad, it's that they're not going to count for very much in the greater scheme of things. I think the other thing that is people don't really realize is that there can be lots and lots of links on a web page, and yours is only one. Um, and uh, and so uh, Google Google has to split out the 
whatever you want to call it, whatever your magic word is, the link juice, page rank, whatever of, of a web page, the value of a web page, it has to des- decide in some way how it's going to uh, spread that, that, that equity. And uh, if those are words you don't like, I don't know, some people do and some people don't, but <laughs> certainly, um, certainly a, a page that has only 10 links on it is going to give out proportionally much more love to your pay your your site if it's linking to you than than one with a thousand links on it uh, and the third thing is that i think a good link is one that is in the body of the text above the fold and naturally there and helping the user get more information about the subject that they're currently reading so you don't really want a link that uh, is completely out of context um, that that a user might not travel down um, and then how you, how you imagine a, a machine might analyze that um, is a whole new thing. Um, and, and Majestic's come out with some stuff that tries to help that called link density and things, which we may not have time to talk about now, but happy to if you wanted to. So the best links, and you, and you heard it from Dixon, everybody, the best links are in oh, content no, links. Oh, no, now I'm getting you so, no, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, look, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, look, I'm going to say I feel like then. I don't want you to be put on the spot. But generally, the best links are in content links on a highly authoritative web page that's been around for a while that has been linked to from other websites out there that also have have great links and it's, it's been built up over time. I mean, do you generally agree that that maybe it's not I, the I'd best, but that's a good link, right? I, I'd say that's good. And, and I think that it's, uh, uh, you, you could, uh, you know, if you're, you can either get mathematical about it or you can say, uh, yeah, if a user would naturally go down that link, then that's probably a good sign. Um, you know, but the mathematics is quite interesting because, you know, above the fold is probably better than below the fold in the body text is probably better than not body text. Um, you know, a, a follow link is probably better than a no follow link, you know, uh, and, uh, and there's a whole load of stuff that, you know, can raise your, uh, raise the visibility of that link based on how many other links are on the page, how many are internal, how many are external and, and all the other bits and pieces, but you're right. Yeah. It's the power of that page and the, the context of the link. All right, awesome. I want to I want to try to try a, a little exercise with you. It's a, a little rapid fire. Is is this a good link or a bad link? Um, we've got a global link, external link on a website that goes from one website to another website. It's a coupon site with the anchor text coupon.com. It's on every page of a 100,000 page website going from one site to another site. Would you want that link or not want that link? Right. Okay. Uh, okay. There's a whole load of things about coupons right now. Well, firstly, um, side white links um to other sites have been uh i think google picks those up and says right a site-wide link i'm not going to count as a site-wide link so if it's in the footer of every single web page then i think that google is going to say okay that's a that's um that's not hundred thousand links that's you know a best one link um but i think that they have also said that they're going to penalize coupon sites but the interesting thing is what they've done is they're penalizing coupon sites that are in subdomains of big web domains. So there are mm. some companies out there, uh, I'm not gonna name and shame on, on well, it's not even naming and shaming, they, they, you know, they've done a brilliant job up till now, but there are companies out there that have um, taken subdomains of really famous um, websites. And so uh, that's where they put all the coupons and things for all of the promotions and things that those, those websites do. So uh, <clears throat> let's try and do one that I don't think is involved. So let's say 
Wikipedia wanted to monetize their uh, their websites, then they might link to discounts.wikipedia.org and that discounts.wikipedia.org then contains lots and lots of voucher coupon codes uh, and Google I think has decided that, that kind of activity they're trying to penalize because uh, the coupon company is then owning the uh, the subdomain and trying to trying to hide under the cover of the big brand uh, and they're getting a lot of links into that from the from the the main domain so i think that's um something that they're targeting right now sidewide link is is fine but i don't think it's going to is, is going to count as uh, as um hundred thousand links <laughs> yeah those the, the coupon uh, coupon websites I've, I've worked in that space um actually just a ton and um and then the global links you know, I think one thing I've seen a lot of people do in the past is, you know, say I own an agency, right? So say my agency, every website we made, we put global footer links back to, you know, <laughs> our our website with the I've term. Done that. Um, done that in the past. <laughs> yeah, that's digital marketing agency, right? Yeah, lots of people did because it was working really, really well for for a long time, and it, and it and you know it was working honestly really, really well until about three or four years ago, and then all those people got penalties and they had to rebuild. So okay, so what about directory links, directory websites that was really big five years ago people they're terrible they're, they're a complete disaster and the reason that they're a real disaster is that there's uh only external links on a web page and it's fairly, it becomes fairly obvious a list of ex external links and there's more external links than internal links i think the, these uh these stand out pretty pretty highly so it, for two reasons mathematically it just divides all of the love out completely um and so you don't get very much love anyway but also google realizes that there's a distinct lack of content so there's a this is the idea of link density that the that, that Majestic's trying to done, do. They've they've looked at, uh, they've broken the web page, every web page on the internet down into 40 different sections. And then they said, right, this two and a half percentile, if your link is in there, how many other links are also in that percentile? Um, and then how many uh, actual words are in that in that section as well? So your link a link density of, of 90% might mean that 90% of all the text in the, in that two and a half percentile is is in links and only two percent is actually characters that are not linked so the link density is then very very high which is very very bad so the link density on directory sites tends to be tends to be really really high now um, if the text if the uh, directory is really really powerful then uh, then I think it is powerful in its own right so a, a good example of that would be um, Airbnb or booking.com because they are mm -hmm. essentially directories of properties. That's all they are of, of, of hotel properties, but there's a lot of content on all of those pages and they don't put them just in a link. They put them with quite a lot of text around those, those results and, uh, and, and, uh, and they have whole, whole pages of content about each one as well. Uh, and then, you know, they internally link in there as well. So you, you load a page. I've got a, I've got a, a holiday, property in in Baller in the Snowdonia we we tried to set up this call before uh, a week ago <laughs> I was miles away from the internet it didn't work so well um, but that little that property for example um, you know if it's in the listings of, of, of booking.com you know and, and comes to that page then it's also got content about Baller and it'll link to the Baller page or Snowdonia and the Snowdonia page and so it's a rich experience for the user in its own right so a directory has to be good to not be banned by Google or not be discounted. absolutely 
I I agree 100%. And I've seen people, you know, one thing we get a lot is, you know, we might get in a prospect and then, and then they're weighing us and and what we're providing versus the, 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 another competitor based off of the amount of links. Right. And, and the, and I think that the amount of links is not a good thing. It's about the quality because we'll get links um, based off of pure press by doing industry studies, um, by doing unlinked mentions where we reach out to people who have have been mentioned online and ask them to link to the website by all this kind of like white hat stuff. But, you know, a lot of people look at it more as a quantity thing, but I, I, we, when we started the business, it was, you know, really to help people get out of penalties from that older stuff. So my question for you is, so for the normal business owner, you know, maybe they got a business that's 10 million, maybe a hundred million. It's a good size business. They want to build links. Like what are some good ways to go about it? What are some success stories that you've seen that are good ways just to get links where they don't have to worry? Like how would you approach it if, if it were your own website? Okay. Well, firstly, I absolutely agree with you that it's quality, not quantity. And, and it's, it's almost, it's even stronger than a logarithmic scale. You know, the, the strongest links, you know, a, a, home, a, a, link from, a link from, you know, the homepage of Google is pretty much going to rank you for anything you want in the world if you could get one. Um, you know, but uh, if, if it's in context, um, but I think that uh, link building strategies, the more varied your link building strategy, the more, the more it's based around um, uh, informational, uh, help, uh, helping users to uh, become more informed, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 what I mean by this is uh, I, I think you know, knowledge, uh, if, you, if, you, if you're going to write things like uh, good insights and good knowledge, bits of, bits of um, really good um, uh, stuff that will help a user to achieve a problem or to understand a problem, then I think that that, that um, is, is something that, that uh, encourages people to link to because there cannot be any other, there's no other proper source of of, of solving that problem. So, uh, for example, I wrote a, a blog post recently on uh, knowledge bias, uh, the knowledge graph and human bias within it. So there's um, most of the, of Google's knowledge graph is all about uh, uh, extrapolation and learning from what Wikipedia does. So people, people then go to Wikipedia and write content. It only turns out that, you know, Less than, less than one in 2,000, I think it is, people that use Wikipedia actually change anything on Wikipedia. Uh, and let's face it, anybody that uses Wikipedia is a pretty unbiased sample of society anyway. And, and so, so that makes the, uh, the, the whole of Wikipedia um, not wrong, God knows, I mean, not wrong, but, but biased in, it, in, its, uh, in its looking and uh, in its outlook. Um, and I find that quite an interesting I found that really interesting topic uh, and, uh, and, and nobody had really written about it um, in public. They'd written about it in research papers of which of course I, uh, I cited and linked to, but you know, it got, it got a reasonable amount take up pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and, and I think that if you, so if you can write a study um, like that, then people will link to that study because they want to cite um, what they see as quality. And I, I cited all the research papers and things that I looked up when writing it. So, um, so yeah, it's got to be quality uh, and something that people can reference. And I think that makes for a good campaign. Does that answer your question? It really does. And, and I think that's a really good takeaway for all the Ignite Visibility University listeners right now. It's, you know, link building should be a content 
first driven thing, like creating this amazing asset on your website, just like Dixon did. And then it's fine to email people and tell them about it and share it on social, but, but have it all kind of come in naturally. And if you don't have any great thing on your site, you don't have any reason for people to link to you. You know, you're not engaged. Even if you don't have great content on your website in the press and you're not, you're not getting out there, then the links aren't going to come in. What, what's, what's not good is just to try to force it just consistently try to force it, um, you know, by asking people to link to you when there's no reason to, or, you know, stuff like that. So I, I, I totally agree with your assessment. Yeah. Yeah. I found an interesting thing about that. If we got time for it, but, uh, that, um, yeah. if you run a thin content site, um, and, and that includes a lot of directories, actually, you, then the interesting thing is that you might run up with a directory structure, which was, which was quite common in the past of, let's say you sell, uh, sell green widgets and you sell green widgets uh, in um, California slash Los Angeles slash Hollywood or, or, or whatever. And so you, the, and then you also sell green widgets in California slash, you know, Los Angeles slash, you know, Beverly Hills. Uh, and then you end up with all of those URLs trying to, trying to, you know, map out pretty much everywhere in, 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 uh, in America, but uh, you then don't have any content on all of those pages that then relate to each other. So you, you then can't link all those pages together um, semantically. Um, and, uh, and so then if you can't do your own internal linking, then it means you haven't got any decent content on the site. So if you can't do it, then nobody else in the world is gonna to link to your content. So yeah, you've gotta have good content for those links to happen. I like that. And then, you know, you brought up one other thing um, earlier that I think I, I just, I want to maybe one of our last kind of topics to chat about today, but you know, one of the things I don't think a lot of people realize when it comes to backlinking, when it comes to SEO, when it comes to computers and algorithms and all this stuff is it's, it's really all comes down to computing and segmentation, right? So like even what you built with Majestic and InLinks, I mean, everything gets categorized and segmented on some level and then drill down further and further and further based off of the way that you structure your data analysis. And, and tell, talk to us just a little bit about that. Like when, when you are working on Majestic or InLinks, like how, what goes through your head and what goes through the search engine's algorithm when they're, when they're analyzing these things? Okay. Uh, well, okay. The, the thing that 10 years ago attracted me to Majestic was um, the, the sheer scale and audacity of what they were trying to achieve. Uh, and this is so, so um, I don't know, you know, those are around. The only way to find link information 10 years ago was a system called Yahoo Site Explorer. Um, and Yahoo Site Explorer had really been set up by a guy called Tim Mayer at Yahoo, who, uh, who um, was pretty much trying to undermine Google because they knew that backlinks were such a big part of Google's thing. Um, and uh, we'd done some calculations and thought that's costing them millions and they're not, they're not um, charging for it. Moz were coming on with the same kind of idea with their open site explorer at the same time. And actually they got to, to market before us. Um, and, uh, but anyway, so I wasn't even with Majestic and I, I just found this new tool and I, I put in, you know, 50 bucks or whatever it was and tried to buy some backlink data. It didn't work. So as, as SEOs do, I lost my, lost my bottle and sent rude and, uh, and <laughs> emails to, to this company, not knowing whether they were big or small. And I got this email back from uh, Alex, who's, who's the founder of Majestic. 
um, because he was the only one there. He was still in his bedroom in saying, oh, that's right, we've got a bug, I fixed it, try it again, here's some more credits. And I did it again when I realized that he was the only person I could see that wasn't using Yahoo Site Explorer for backlinks and he'd actually crawled the internet to do it from his bedroom more or less. Uh, it was a bit bigger than that. Uh, I, uh, I thought, I, I know everybody in the SEO world that, knows, that needs what you've got. So, uh, so we got together and, uh, and built, built out Majestic. Um, and I think it's that audacity of scale, which is hard to copy. Uh, somewhere on, um, on, on, during that 10 years, someone on uh, freelancer.com, one of those, Odesk, one of those sites that says, please, can you make something for me? Said, uh, can, can I want somebody to build me something like Majestic, um, budget $500 or something? And I thought, <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's really quite <laughs> entertaining because it's just impossible to do that um, uh, because you're going to need to crawl the whole internet every day to be able to produce something like Majestic or, or mm -hmm. uh, Open Site Explorer or Ahrefs um, link, link tool as well, uh, the major three. Um, and I think that that's the same with um, within links. What I like about that is that it's, okay, we're not building a data center that large, but we're really... Um, leveraging big data into in, into what Fred calls smart data, um, and we you know this wouldn't work unless you had uh, the, the algorithms won't work unless they've got a, a big big picture, um, and uh, and having a subset of all the data doesn't work so well. If you try yep. to run the trust the the page rank maths just on Wikipedia, a guy in Toulouse University did it, did it. And he just, because that's open source data, he did the PageRank algorithm just on Wikidata, Wikipedia, Wikipedia data and uh, found that uh, according to that, Carl uh, Linus, the botanist, was, less in, was more influential um, and uh, more well-known in the world than either uh, Jesus Christ or Hitler. So, um, you know, that kind of maths, and I'm not trying to get political, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think that's yeah. true. Uh, and, uh, and, and so if you, if you run without a big enough data set or the wrong training set, then you're going to get different data with algorithms. And that, that machine learning is, is something that I think is going to be very, very interesting to see how that, that pans out over the next few years as, uh, as Google and, and other search engines and other technologies start to do machine learning based on seed sets of data, which may or may not be representative of society and the world as a whole. Yeah, that's a really interesting topic. And we're seeing machine learning uh, come into play really heavy on the advertising side, on, on the programmatic side, and then um, definitely, um, you know, in search engines, it's, it's happening also. It's, you know, for, on that note, you know, it just makes me feel like, you know, at the end of the day, everybody, I think, you know, the main takeaway is create great content, create a good brand, promote it, you know, um, you know, industry studies, you know, putting in the work, writing on novel topics. I talked to uh, somebody on the podcast last week about newsjacking. So like getting involved in the news and being a part of that, all that stuff comes together. So, so Dixon, amazing stuff today. I know our listeners are going to absolutely love this. We have a lot of marketers, chief marketing officers, business owners and then SEO people. So it's a perfect topic. Um, and then, so other than, I know we're both speaking at PubCon um, next week, so I can't wait to see you there. Other than that, what else is exciting going on in, in your life right now? Where can people find out more about you and, and follow you online? Uh, you can find me, the uh, best thing to do is find me either at dixonjones.com uh, 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 or, or um, my Twitter handle is uh, uh, 
at Dixon underscore Jones. Uh, and I, I kind of, you know, I, I tweet and hang around there. Uh, obviously, inlinks.net is, is kind of at the forefront of my mind right now because uh, we kind of only announced that we had something, you know, a, a week or so ago. Uh, you can find me via Majestic, but really dixonjones.com. And I've got an events page of where I'm going to be as well on there. So you can always find out, you know, whether I'm going to be at PubCon or SMX, whatever it may be. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Dixon, thanks for taking the time. Everybody, once again, that's inlinks.net. I'm actually looking at the website right now. It looks pretty cool. By the way, I was not paid or anything to say that. I just I love cool technology. I actually didn't even know we were going to be talking about inlinks.net um, before we jumped on this podcast, but it does look cool. And uh, Dixon, thanks again for your time today. Well, I'll see you uh, next week. Have a good one. That's great. Thanks, John.